Welcome back, everyone. This is the podcast for Cultural Reformation, brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. You can also find us on the Rebel Alliance Media Network. Visit ezrainstitute.ca and rebelalliancemedia.com. Check out tons of great resources for you to help you understand uh, where we are in our cultural moment, to help you figure out and articulate a response, and to get loads more uh, resources, more information. F- find out how you can be a part of these, uh, these great ministries. So, good morning uh, as I record this. And in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is the podcast for Cultural Reformation, and today on the show, I've got Grant and Erica Van Brimmer. So I just mentioned the Rebel Alliance Media Network, and that's one of the places where this show is hosted. And if you've spent any time browsing the programs there, you'll be familiar with the Van Brimmers. If you haven't, please go and do that. Uh, you're, uh, you're really going to like it, I promise. So Grant and Erica host the Awakening Reformation podcast, uh, as well as the show Fathers of the Faith for Covenant Kids. That's a podcast for your whole family about church history. They also contribute blogs and articles there. And the Van Brimmers are stationed in Brooklyn, New York, uh, where Grant is on uh, active duty in the U.S. Army, where Erica homeschools their three kids, and uh, where Grant is also serving as a pastoral intern at King's Chapel. In this episode, I talk with Grant and Erica about a new book that they've produced. It's called Behold Your King. And this is a daily devotional for the Advent season that you can do with your whole family. It's a book that's meant to help you get a fuller picture of the story of Scripture, of the promises of God that we find throughout the Bible, and how Jesus is the fulfillment of those promises. And if you're curious, uh, where can I get this book? This sounds like the greatest book I've ever heard of, and I can't wait to get it. Well, we'll have an announcement up in the next week or two when that's available. It's coming out right here uh, through Ezra Press. So keep alert. We'll let you know as soon as that comes out. Enjoy the show. All right, so Grant and Erica Van Brimmer, uh, welcome to the program. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Yeah, I'm glad you guys could be here. It's, uh, it feels like the, a bit of... Uh, Bit of overlap between uh, between these the podcast worlds that uh, we're, we're finally able to, uh, able to connect. I hear your voices, you know, almost on a weekly basis uh, out uh, out on the Rebel Network. And uh, anyway, it's good to have you on the phone. Thanks, appreciate it. Yeah, it's good to talk with you, Ryan. So, guys, we're we're here to talk today because uh, the the two of you, uh, along with uh, along with your co-authors have put together a, a family advent guide that's, that's coming out uh, any day now for, uh, for 2019. And I just, uh, I just wanted to, uh, to get, uh, get your own, uh, your responses, to, not your responses, you're the ones who wrote it, uh, just to get, get into your heads a little bit about uh, where this book came from uh, and why, uh, why you felt that, that this was an important uh, and sort of, necessary contribution at this point. So why don't, uh, why don't we just start there? The book is called Behold Your King, and it's a family advent guide. It's a da- daily devotional for families through the advent season. And maybe, maybe let's just, uh, let's start there. What, uh, wh- why this kind of, uh, why this kind of book? 
Um, it really started off as a conversation between myself and one of the other authors, Sandra Rowlett. We were just chit-chatting over the phone one day talking about how Christmas was just a few weeks away, and we really wanted to use our time wisely, especially as mothers and as families. The holiday season can be so crazy with traveling and holiday parties and whatnot. So we thought, let's just make up our own little advent guide for our families, and that way we can structure our time and use our time wisely and really keep focused on what the holiday season should be about. And um, obviously, being covenantal, we really wanted to write something that was going to be easy for our kids to understand, but without stripping it from all of its richness. And we're, you know, we're really big on family worship and really emphasizing the um, the commands that God's given to us in Deuteronomy 6 with training your children up in the ways of the Lord and, you know, throughout all the day this is supposed to happen. And then we, of course, appreciate some of these church calendar times that we're given, one of them being Advent, which most people in the West are going to be very familiar with. Mm-hmm. And we, we really wanted to, um, yeah, bring some richness to this time. And we've always kind of struggled finding really good quality uh, Bible studies or guides like this for parents and kids both. Yeah, it seemed like there was a split between a more advanced uh, Christian versus, like, uh, children Uh in particular. It seems like all children Advent stories seemed very cartoonish and just kind of robbed some of the richness out of the narrative. Yeah, and and the other yeah, and at first it was like just for our families. We didn't have the book in mind yet when we initially right. did this last year. It was Which I just, think offered us a lot of freedom because we really true. wrote it for our kids and yeah. for our family. Mm-hmm. No, that uh, that absolutely that comes through, and we I've been uh, as as I was uh, sort of editing it, looking at some some early drafts. I would uh, I'd bring it home. I'd uh, read a couple of pages with my wife and with my kids, and it's. I'm I'm really uh, really happy with the way that it's it's come out, sort of hitting that that balance between accessible but without being watered down. Hmm. You had the hardest job of all. You got to do all of the, <laughs> all of the grunt work editing it. I know. Yeah. Say that once more for everybody in the back. <laughs> uh, bless your heart. Ryan did the hardest work. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, anyway, all all of that to uh, just just to uh, to affirm what you were saying that uh, I th- I think this is a book that uh, that it, that's great for for families and it uh, it should, I guess it comes as no surprise that that's how it originated. Um, now the the title uh, just speak speak to the title a little bit here. It uh, it's called Behold Your King. And what uh, what drew that out? What uh, what pushed you in that so, direction? When we were writing it originally, it was the four of us, usually over Skype or Facebook Messenger, just talking through in the evenings, um, kind of graphing out where we wanted to go. And we didn't intend for it to be post-millennial, although that is our conviction. But mm-hmm. as we are, like... Um, finding all these parallels from the Old Testament, the New Testament, and we're just kind of going through all the stuff, the 
the massive thrust of the Advent story of of Christmas is that King Jesus is born. Mm-hmm. And you just can't help but see it as you're going through all of these prophecies and all of these um, foreshadows of what Christ is going to, to do for his people. Like, he is king. He's King Jesus. And so as we're trying to come up with a title, and um, I think all of us really wanted it to be kind of short and sweet, Behold Your King, just kind of stuck out to us. Like, this is the main idea of, of Advent. This is what we want our children to see uh, in this Advent is to just see Jesus as King. So behold, your King just kind of, I don't know, it, it became what we were doing. And it's, behold, your King is part of the lyrics of the really famous Christmas song, Oh Holy Night. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we noticed in that Christmas hymn, as well as the Christmas hymn, Joy to the World, that a lot of the Advent Christmas time hymns and yeah, all the old Christmas hymns are regal. Mm-hmm. You know, they they really emphasize that the king is born, like Erica said. And so, um, I know we're going to kind of get into the, the structure of of the book and the guide and how to walk through it and what our you know thought process was there. But you know, there are just so many prophecies throughout the Old Testament mm-hmm. in uh, each one of these you know, covenantal periods that the Lord is promising, a king is coming, a ruler is coming. And then when Jesus is born, we're pointed to fulfillment. And we see so much right. fulfillment happen just in the, you know, the birth narratives mm-hmm. of the gospel. And it wasn't something we forced either. Like I said, we didn't come to write this advent yeah. with that in our minds. Like we're going to, we're going to make a postmillennial advent. Right. It's, you just couldn't escape it. It's everywhere. Yeah. So, Grant, you mentioned the uh, the structure of uh, of this reader. Uh, and let's uh, let's go there now. Um, you've got uh, you got twenty five twenty five days of Advent um, for four weeks plus uh, plus the Sabbath in there, um, and you you guys have structured this uh, this reader to to. Um, to work with that uh, that season, uh, but uh, just say a little bit more about uh, about how this reader is is put together and structured. Yeah, sure. So what we what we did in this is every uh, five days, uh, when as you go through, you're going to read the entire narrative of Jesus's birth. And then also on each day, a different Old Testament prophecy mm-hmm. um, or scripture is going to tie in or show how Jesus fulfilled that particular Old Testament verse. Mm-hmm. And so, and then there is a, um, a Christmas hymn that we have on there that we encourage you to sing. And, and the lyrics of that hymn are tying in to the story as well. Mm-hmm. And then... Every day there are three questions that will help lead discussion. And, of course, parents can, you know, reword <laughs> questions if it will help, you know, their kids engage more or add, some, add, or add more questions. Yeah. And we know how kids get, you know, with things like why. that okay. Questions become can become four, five, and six during the discussion time. Um, and certain days kids, you know, get inquisitive and other days they do not. Mm-hmm. But um lost my train of thought. There was a, another aspect of it that I wanted to point to. 
we really wanted our kids to know the narrative by the end of the Advent. So that was why we repeat reading the narrative several times, is just to really get the narrative ingrained into our brains. Mm -hmm. But then throughout the whole time to see how Jesus has fulfilled all of Scripture. In John 5, Jesus says, you know, you look to these Scriptures uh, for eternal life, but in them they all speak of me. And so we really want to... Like Erica said, it was inescapable, though. When you look at it, you see that Jesus is fulfilling so much. And so, uh, honestly, it was quite easy as you start digging to to tie Old Testament prophecies to the birth narrative of Jesus. And and so we try to show that each day in the guide. Well, and I think, too, to see how one narrative that you've memorized can have so many different ideas Mm -hmm. flow to it. You know, there's... That was really important for us, for our kids to see. Um, and as Grant would be going through, because he's going to lead their family worship, as he would go through and read the narrative, he would start to omit certain words so that by the end of our Christmas Advent, our kids could almost uh, memorize and recite the entire Christmas narrative. So that was really cool for us, too, because as our kids are learning and stuff, they're also memorizing this large portion of Scripture, which was really fun for us to see. Mm-hmm. No, I uh, I really love that. Um, it's uh, it's a lot. Uh, it's it's a discipleship tool in a in a very real way. Is uh, is the way I explained it to somebody, and it gets uh, it it gets at the uh, the Christmas the nativity story. But it yeah uh, by repeating it, you you hit it from from different angles every week, and it just uh, fill, fills it in, gives it some more light and shade and. By repetition, by different emphases, you start to just notice things about it that uh, that you might not have on a if you were just to read it through one time, or to read it through like four verses at a time. Yeah, and we tried to make it manageable too. We wanted families to be able to do this uh, while being able to keep their kids' attention for you know ten minutes, ten fifteen minutes. Uh, we didn't want to overwhelm each night either, mm-hmm. so that was intentional to to be able to just pick out one thing knowing we're going to be able to come back to that passage and pick another thing. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of the intentionality there was so that it was manageable for families. Right. So, guys, let me, uh, let's get out of the, the, sort of the more, this more detailed um, conversation. I, I, want to, I want to get your thoughts. Uh, yeah, how, do I want to, how do I want to say this? I, I want what I want to uh, what I wanted to get at is the uh, the the book that you, this book for this uh, this cultural context for our, our in our present cultural moment why why do you think that uh, that families need or could uh, could benefit from something like this what what uh, what gap does this fill what uh, what is this what does this give to families that uh, that something else wouldn't? Well, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think in our present culture that family is very undervalued. Uh, we look at things like abortion policies or lack thereof, um, things like feminism, all these cultural ideas that have kind of eroded at the family root. And then um, for us, we are, like Grant said, covenantal. So 
we take a covenantal approach to family and we just think this is how God has designed for discipleship. Like a, a prime way that discipleship happens is in the family. So for us, writing a Advent or any type of Bible study in particular just seems like the most natural way for Christ's kingdom to grow is to start in the home and start with families and parents discipling their children. And um, so I guess for me, that would be why I think this type of study is important and how it goes against culture. One of the things that our culture has done to families, too, is um, busy ourselves mm -hmm. like to the nth degree mm -hmm. with parties, programs. Uh, programs, extracurriculars, and on and on they go. And, and more and more um, families are being separated. I actually heard this the other day from a coworker here in New York that there's a baseball stadium, I think it's in Texas, and they legit built a like theme park type playground area with with paid supervisor supervisor childcare workers to watch your kids while you go to the baseball game. That's un-American. <laughs> no kidding, right? That's what he said. He said there are so many memories not being had because of this. Right. And and I said, I was like, that's unbelievable. But in my mind, I just thought this is another way that families are being split apart, and our culture is totally fine with it. In fact, they're doing it. They're building it and paying for it to, mm -hmm. to split families apart. So, you know, the Christmas time is, is often associated with being really busy, a lot of Christmas parties, a lot of church events, and a lot of those are really good things. And for us, it was an intentional way for us to say, let's stop every day, for 10, 15 minutes, pray, sing, read God's word together, and remember, to not be so cliche, the reason for the season, right. <laughs> and and just fix our eyes on Jesus for a time every single day, and remember, um, remember where our true focus is supposed to supposed to be, you know. Well, and I think for us too, because it was released on Rebel Alliance Media last year on the blog. Um, we really wanted people to have this little introduction into family worship because if it's not something that you're taught or have grown up with, family worship seems really daunting, mm -hmm. especially if you're a new believer. Like, it just kind of sounds weird and cultish almost. So mm -hmm. unless you're given a tool, like, no, it doesn't have to be weird or, like you were saying, overwhelming, overbearing. Um, here's a tool. Just try it for a season. And then we had so many people reach out to us afterwards and say, this was so great. This was so fun. We wish we had, you know, more content that we could keep doing this throughout the year because this was totally manageable. It didn't mm -hmm. take an hour out of our schedules, but it just felt like our family was so united in the, in these, you know, few moments that we were doing this. We miss it. So we kind of hope it it spurs people on and yeah. after the Christmas season is over to continue doing family worship with their own families. Guys, what are uh... What are some? Let's uh, let's make let's let's continue to make this personal. Um, what uh, what are some of your favorite Christmas memories? Are we going like childhood or just like as a all, family? All all the way. What what sticks out to you? Like getting your getting your tongue stuck to a frozen pole or like I. <laughs> um, so, yeah. so I have some weird little childhood ones. A minute. Uh, yeah, that are coming to mind right now. But a good one 
is every Christmas Eve night, whether we had something at church or not, because that, that kind of just depended on where we were at um, church-wise or city-wise at the time, but every Christmas Eve, I remember uh, as a family, we piled in to our big old massive 15-passenger van. and Grant was one of seven kids. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> and we would go to this specific neighborhood in my hometown that uh, just went all out with decorations and Christmas lights. And there was even a road uh, street in that neighborhood called Candy King Lane. And because the city had renamed it because of this tradition and everyone from the city basically went to this neighborhood on Christmas Eve and you just drove two miles an hour because it was all traffic backed up and looked at Christmas lights. And you spent a good, I don't know, hour or two with your family just looking at, you know, what did that house do this year? What did that house do this year? And looking at Christmas lights and ooing and awing over that. And so that's a very fond childhood memory that, that I have. So awesome. there's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. What about you, Erica? Mm, I have a lot of really awesome childhood memories. I had a great childhood my family loves to party, and so any excuse to throw a party, Christmas being like, you know, Number one the, the, the biggest <laughs> excuse, yeah, for a party. Um, we opened presents as a family with my grandparents every Christmas Eve, and then the following morning we'd all get up and go to my aunt's house for Christmas, and then all of the cousins, all of the aunts and uncles would get together, and we would exchange gifts as a, you know, larger family and eat and play with toys all day and it was just a good time of togetherness everyone got together no matter where they were at that time um we'd all just get together and make it a point to see each other every christmas so that was really i don't know fun time lots of good memories of uh like you said getting your tongue stuck to a pole i'm from wisconsin so we always had snow and all of my cousins would try and dare each other to do stupid things, you know. Yeah, in California, <laughs> in California, you can't get your tongue stuck to a pole when it's still 70 degrees. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so other, and other than uh, family worship and this a specific uh, Advent theme, uh, what, what kind of traditions, uh, what kind of uh, family... Yes, yeah, traditions is the best word. What kind of family traditions are you working on making in your own household now? All right, so we have one. I don't know how many years we've done this now, but we have... Uh, I'm so scared. I don't know what you're we have a tradition. Don't be scared. That's a good one. Um, when, we, when we decorate for Christmas, doesn't matter what day it is, we pick a day on a weekend. Usually it's the day after Halloween. Just be honest. might be the day after Halloween. That's happened before. And no the tradition is we play the Reliant K Christmas album. And Michael Bublé. And Michael Bublé's yeah. Christmas album. Well, like together, crossfade them? Uh, no, no, that's... Intermittently. Uh, yeah, one and then the next one and then one the next one. <laughs> yeah. That would, that would, my musical background would get, uh, you know, just equal, would get all messed up uh, with, you know, big band and then pop punk. That would mess me up. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so we put on those albums. We decorate. Everybody gets in Christmas pajamas. And then when we're done, we have hot chocolate. 
Is there anything more to that tradition? Or is that well, we don't drink hot chocolate. Typically, no. we drink, like, coffee. I was going to say a hot toddy, but maybe coffee, too. It might be a hot toddy. <laughs> but, but, yeah, we just spend a day doing all that, and that's been super fun. Christmas decorating in yeah. jammies. Yep. That sounds like a blast. <laughs> I think we've done that ever since our oldest was a baby. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's been, it's been a while we've been doing that. Mm-hmm. That's kind of just a random fun one. So you got, um, is, is it fair to assume, is it fair to assume as a, like, as a military family that you've, uh, you've moved around a fair bit? Yes, we've um, lived yeah. in, not just as military, but we've lived in California, Wisconsin, North Carolina, New York, and before yeah. we were married, we were in Colorado. We didn't do Christmas there. We didn't do Christmas there, though. No. But yeah, it's, you know, we've had to do Christmas in several different states since we've been married, mm-hmm. and, yeah, that's in large part due to the military. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun moving around and getting to experience a little bit of, like, how each culture does Christmas, because even geographically, yeah. I mean, the South does Christmas a little bit different than, mm-hmm. like, where I'm from, and so it's been fun to kind of experience a little bit of diversity. Yeah. I'm really grateful that uh, that you've written this. I, I can tell you, it's uh, it's already been a blessing to my family. I'm sure it's going to be a blessing to many others. The book is called "Behold Your King." Grant and Erica Van Brimmer are the the principal authors, along with uh, Scotty and Sandra Rowlett, and we'll be looking for that uh, in advance of this Advent season. Grant, yeah, Erica, guys, thanks uh, thanks a lot for being with us today. Thanks for having us on, Ryan. And for all your work editing, too. Like you said before, you really did have the brush of the word. And if anyone is the MVP, it really is you. No, it's it's a real pleasure. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast for Cultural Reformation, brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. Please take a moment to like, share, and rate the podcast on social media and your favorite listening platform. For more resources, please visit www.ezrainstitute.ca.